Welcome to the Crystal Conversations podcast, where conversations of growth and resiliency, faith and falling meet your day-to-day challenges in authentic stories of the struggle, each equipping and encouraging you to own the value of your journey. Thank you for joining this Crystal Conversation. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to the Crystal Conversations podcast. I am so excited that you are here with us. It is the start of a new year, and most folks are really trying to hold on with everything that they have to these new goals and these new resolutions and all of the phrases. But honestly, it's a lifestyle choice. It is a commitment to growth, to understanding ourselves and to finding a place on this earth that encompasses all of our giftings and surrounds ourselves with all of those who complement the areas that we're weak. And so I had the pleasure this year to meet a man who caught my attention, one, because we were attending a conference that is predominantly female, which is always fun because you're like, huh, I wonder where this guy came from. But also, I noticed that he was a fellow veteran and anyone that's a fellow veteran is something, there's an affinity in the veteran space where it's like, I get you, even though we had completely different journeys, even though we served in completely different branches, I get you, I am for you and I am cheering for your success. But what I found out was he is cheering for your success. He is someone who is advocating for your growth, and that's why he is here, and it is my honor to introduce to you someone who is becoming someone I highly respect and am so honored to share his presence with you. Mr. Jerry Howard, welcome. Good morning, Crystal. Thank you so much. That was an amazing introduction. Um, It's certainly my pleasure to be here, part of the conversation, and uh, hopefully to share some, uh, some overcoming I think would be the best way to say it. I feel like we all need some of that. We've been climbing up the hill. We've been getting towards the top. We're waiting for that breakthrough. And we just need someone to say, all right, here's some flow. Here's some understanding. Here's some clarity. Absolutely. You know, you mentioned that uh, it's a new year. And 2021 was definitely a, I think, all of us climbing, a climbing year. And God has helped me actually... It's kind of cool because he forced me to plan for 2022 by putting people into my life that I would be helping in 2022, or he put people in my life in 2021 that I'd be helping in 2022. So I I feel like if you're, if you're focusing in on the word, if you're focusing in on God, then God's going to actually kind of partner with you on that, allow him in there, you know, and, and one of the things I like to say is, you know, 500 years ago, God knew that we were all going to have the attention span of, you know, probably a <laughs> gerbil. Uh, so he he had somebody number the Bible chapter and verse. And so the guidance that I give a lot of people is read just one text message from God a day. That's all it takes. One text message a day. Let it bounce around in your head all day long. And you will find that every hour something new pops up. You know, this, the word says that God's word never returns void. That is so true. And I'm, I'm certainly a product of that. And, you know, I would say before we get way off into, you know, all that stuff that I could probably take a minute to talk about who I am. I got rolling there already, Crystal. No, I'm, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> yes, all the good things. I'm so excited. And, <laughs> and that's exactly why I'm glad that you're here. Um, so it's not just you. You have a family. You have businesses. Tell us about yourself. Yeah, so good. I, I would have to say that I started my professional career where I actually started making quality decisions uh, before, right, right when I started dating my wife, right? So my wife, her name is Sonia. She's also a business partner. She uh, and I started dating in 2001. And I was actually uh, visiting her at her college when the terrorist attacks of 9-11 occurred. Mm. And the funniest thing, because I had spent some time in high school with the Marine Corps Junior ROTC program. I was an officer candidate at Virginia Tech, but I decided to pursue a degree in party arts and actually got a PhD. 
that resulted in me becoming a dropout. So, mm. <laughs> so this, you know, most likely to succeed guy became a college dropout. Uh, but then I started dating my wife and I had met her a number of years before that, but we just stayed friends over the years. But when we started dating, I knew that there, there was just, there was just no reason why this, cause she, she was valedictorian of her college. What in the world was she doing with me? <laughs> she was, she was watching from a polite distance of friendship for a minute. <laughs> I'm telling you, well, it, it, you know, what's funny is that we didn't start dating until it was at its worst uh, mm. of, of my poor decision-making. So then it, in 9-11 occurred and I remembered I was standing on the balcony of her apartment complex and my mom called and she finally got through because uh, cell phones were kind of it was really hard to get through it that during that time and I remember she said you know hey just checking on you wanted to make sure you're okay I said yeah I'm down here at Sonia's in Alabama you know I wasn't anywhere near DC and of course New York and um, she said all right well just making sure you didn't run off and join the Marines and I don't know if that was where the seed got planted but the, oh, the next mom. I know the next couple of months it just grew because I realized that if the lifestyle I was on, I was not going to be able to stay with my wife. Uh, you know, so I was, I was headed for death or, or jail. Um, and so my wife's been a Christian since she was a, a young girl. Um, but I have not, I did not grow up in the church. I uh, didn't have any understanding of God's word. Um, but the Marine Corps was the kind of the beginning of, of my walk. And I had not even, begun talking to God when I decided to join the Marine Corps, but I knew I didn't want to lose my wife. I knew I needed to change my life. And I knew that the Marine Corps could do that better than I could. <laughs> I can't <laughs> imagine why we would think <laughs> that the Marines had this, this ability to transform a human into someone who had it together. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's funny. I remember I was, I was in boot camp and the officer gets, you know, you get one meeting with the officer pretty much through the whole time. Other than that, you're with the drill instructors. And he said, why do you want to be a Marine? And I said, I want to be someone my kids can look up to. And he said, how many kids do you have? And I said, none yet. But, you know, when I do, I want them to, you know, at least have somebody they can look up to. Uh, and how prophetic those words were, because um, the Marines taught me discipline. It taught me focus. It didn't give me salvation and it didn't even really give me faith. But it did teach me how to dig deep and uh, so a lot of credit goes to my wife. Uh, I always like to say she prayed me into salvation because I didn't get saved until 2010. I had already been out of the Marines for three years uh, when I found the Lord. And uh, the Lord captured me in an interesting way. I was actually at a business conference and they had a Sunday service the next day. And I'll never forget the, the, the successful people that were pretty much leading the conference. They were millionaires. They were early 30s. Um, and they told a salvation story. They told a healing story. I mean, all in the scripture. And I was like, whoa, this rich guy has God and he is on God's team. And all I knew, aside from the money, it was more about I wanted the same conviction in my speech attitude about the Lord that he had. His name was Matt Grotewald, Matt and Elena Grotewald. I've been talking about them a lot um, over the years because it was their story. Um, but prior to that, a number of people and places had watered the ground of my heart. So by the time I got to Matt and Elena, they got they essentially get the credit for my soul. But there's so many times ahead of time that people shared their faith with me or just reached out. I, I remember even in boot camp, that was the first time I ever heard that our, our faith, the basis of our faith is based on a person, mm. not a doctrine, not a uh, process by, by which you live. It's based on a person's life who was who's who's historically um proven to be 100 percent accurate not only in the faith perspective but also by all measure of historical um fact and um and jesus is also the only person the only prophetic person in any faith that has ever risen from the dead so that made a, a mark on me uh even in boot camp and i learned that in easter service on boot camp and uh, i actually wrote a story for speak up it's in the anthology from light to dark but it's called chow to chow and in Chow to Chow, it talks about how there's this guy that goes to boot camp and he's encouraged to attend church services. And he's like, what church? I mean, what are you going to do? You're standing around, you're singing lullabies. Forget that. You know, that's for light. That's lame. But in um, boot camp, like that's a reprieve. You want to go. <laughs> yeah. 
so the the, the main character the the um i guess the protagonist is uh his last name is stillwater and uh if you can guess where that came from but he he's like really so you want to stay here on sunday morning with the drill instructors okay fine and then the main character of course jumps over into the no religious preference line heads to the church you know he doesn't he doesn't come to grace or anything like that but he has a moment of understanding and you know he realizes that he hasn't even sang a song in weeks or maybe even years because he you know he doesn't necessarily sing but but, but because you're in boot camp and you can't say any words that aren't told to you to say it's a, it's a moment and it just describes how the the ground of my heart was watered all the way back to boot camp and that's kind of why I start my professional journey there um, a little bit more about me we have four kids two of which were born while I was on active duty. Uh, while on active duty, I did get my bachelor's degree and uh, I had two years left on my enlistment contract. So I got my MBA, uh, kind of an accelerated path. Uh, so when I got out of the Marine Corps, I was like, you know, I had this awesome resume, had the MBA and no job. <laughs> so I went into sales, selling health insurance, commission only. Um, talk about a way to, to grind it out, let me tell you. Um, but you learn a lot. You learn entrepreneurship, and it ultimately led to um, a great career as a hospital administrator. So I ran small hospitals for about five years, uh, and then about five years ago, we bought our first company uh, in this uh, construction industry, then bought another one, and brought them together under one roof, and, um, uh, and th but through that time, I really got into mentoring business owners and uh, high-level leaders both when I was a hospital administrator and when I was uh, first became a business owner, uh, I learned how to scale companies and, you know, through mergers and acquisitions and growth strategies and that kind of thing. So other people wanted to learn from that. So that's how my leadership coaching uh, career kind of organically blossomed. But, you know, about the time I got saved, I saw John Maxwell in person, got mm -hmm. to meet him. I had a conversation with him very briefly, uh, but it, I knew that that's what I wanted to do with my life. Um, and so now God has done some amazing things. And this is kind of brings us full circle to 2022 is that 2022 has already started blossoming as really a year where I'll probably I'll spend more time doing leadership coaching and uh, training than I do managing our other companies. We've got some great managers in place. Um, so that's a blessing from the Lord as well. Um, but it's not without challenges. And so throughout this entire time, I've ebbed and flowed highs and lows peaks and valleys of following God and then you know maybe falling away from God a little bit and digging back in and that sort of thing so it sounds like it's all peaches and roses but you know <laughs> you learn well, patience I think that's something really to hone in on is because most it's like our flesh gravitates towards this beautiful linear journey we, we picture the path in our head. Um, you started from the very beginning, like, oh, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to date this girl. Like, we're on this trajectory. And then it was like, oh, September 11th hit. Mm -hmm. Then I'm going to join the Marines. And then I'm going to sort of get out of the Marines and go into sales. But then insurance, hospital administration, construction, those are my favorite journeys. I, I joke so much, especially because I spent a significant period working with veterans in their transition, underemployed, overemployed, meaning they have more jobs than they're making money. And the one thing I realized is those who take ownership of their journey, all of the different experiences, they are the ones who are really in this trajectory of fulfillment, not monetary success, not necessarily title success, because those things, those go away. But when you can own the value of your journey, you just shared with us, like the things you learned, the reason you are able to coach at the level in the way that you do is because this beautiful journey of zigzagged up and down ebbs and flows and God's faithfulness and mercy upon our life Amen. collided into this purpose for you. Absolutely. And that's, that's really the, the, I guess the definition of something I've mentioned from time to time, what is the failure of a resume, right? So 
you know, we all have this shiny, you know, I'm the CEO and I'm the president and, you know, or, or director, you know, all these titles we throw on our resumes and all the outcomes. I remember I had bullet point after bullet point all the way down three, four pages of metrics related bullet points of things that I had done. And, you know, <laughs> but there's the thing, there are so many other people that have also done those things. Yeah. But what makes me unique and, and everybody probably listening is that your failure resume is a list of things that here, here's the thing, people think it's just what you screwed up, but it's not. I mean, your parents could have screwed something up and it affected you a certain way. But it's all those things that appear to be failures from the outside, all those things that you're not showing people on Facebook. You know, the goal of the failure resume concept is to shatter the glittering image that we all are. I would almost say that addicted to seeing other people's glittering image is really mm -hmm. um, a challenge now. But quite frankly, uh, let's say the uh, here's a good example. When I was in insurance, I struggled at having a solid daily routine of follow up. So I was able to create a lot of sales, but sometimes I struggled to get them across the finish line. So you're doing all this great networking and sales and that sort of thing. But your, your income is, you know, like waves coming, you know, you get, you make a lot and then you don't make a lot. And it's all the, I call it the, ro the roller coaster because there's no daily habit of success. And so mm -hmm. when I got into hospital administration, you know, at that level, you do not have that luxury. No, and every, <laughs> you just every, go. every, that's right. Every action you take is measured, you know, and every uh, brief that you change, that's a nice way of saying diaper in the, in the hospital administration world. Every brief that has changed is measured, the amount of time, everything, right? So you learn the value of metrics. But if I hadn't gone through those challenges and quite frankly failed at having a consistent, you know, rise in income in, in the commission environment, then I probably wouldn't have learned and appreciated the value of all those metrics when I got into the hospitals. And I actually did real well in that role. But for the first two years, nobody gives you a good building to run, you know, the you've got to really grind it out 12, 18, not 18 hours a day, but 12 hours a day, you know, really trying to get this, this thing moving and get the right people into place. So it's, was there a shift in your, in your day-to-day -day rhythm? Like if you were to look at this 24 hour period and this 24 hour period from the insurance world to the hospital administration world, was there something that clicked that you began sort of marching to a different beat in your day that made a difference? Good question. You know, I would have to say that the, the training, so the company that hired me, they hired me because, so the chief operating officer taught us after he hired us how to hire people like us. Mm. And um, one of the things he said was, I look for bright eyes and bright eyes, meaning that passion, that energy, that enthusiasm, that positivity, uh, you know, we call it grace. That's what we call it, right? You know, we have the bright eyes, the light about you. Uh, he was also a Christian, um, but he also told us the other, so that's the qualitative side. The quantitative side was he, I said, he said, I always ask behavior-based questions and they it, I don't care how great you answer it, quite frankly, but I'm only looking for two things. I'm looking for you actually answering the question. Mm. And so this is some great, if you're applying for jobs right now, yes. listen carefully, answer the actual question they ask and use a specific example of when you actually overcame that challenge that they're asking about. So, so many people will beat around the bush when they don't have an answer rather than just say, you know, I've not experienced that. But here's an example of something that might be related to it. Like, just be transparent. Yeah. So he said, I'm looking for bright eyes, but on the quantitative side, you either get a one if you answer it specifically and actually answer it, or you get a zero if you don't. And so that's when the metric, the appreciation of metrics actually became uh, valuable to me. And so through that training, I learned how many times they measure it. And quite frankly, I was so amazed at getting that job because I had been commissioned only for so many years. I'd done another job briefly as a college recruiter, but I didn't make very much. Uh, this job was, so here, I'll give you an example. When I was applying for this, I was actually a stay-at-home dad for about a year. And this job pops up in the newspaper. I'm like, who, who puts, who puts it in the newspaper right. these days? I, I, you know, and I remembered kind of 
telling my wife, like, you know, it's in the newspaper. It's called Medical Facilities of America. They're a great company, but it sounded like primary. It sounded like insurance to me. Gotcha. Everybody in insurance wants to put America after their name or whatever. Right. So, um, so, but she's like, okay, let's, it says you need a master's degree. Why, why, what do you have to lose by applying? So again, here's my wife. <laughs> 90% of the good decisions I've made in the last 20 years have been the influence of my wife. So that's a good, uh, good, good, uh, note for those, uh, listeners that maybe aren't paying attention to their spouse. Um, so I applied and we, we prayed about it. We were like, look, the Lord, we need, in order for us to put the kids back in daycare, we're going to need about 45,000 at a minimum. Yes. Now this is a trainee program. So I didn't expect a whole lot. And they were like, but it'd be nice to make 60, you know? So we go through the interview process, you know, bright eyes, all that. And then their offer was $80,000. And so <laughs> and you're like holding on to your seat, like, Okay, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And she's like, we've offered you want to offer you the position, this, that, and the other. And, you know, the salary is going to be 80000 but you'll have an opportunity to earn more after training, this, that, and the other. It just put us in a whole new stratosphere. But I can't, I can't take any of the credit for it because God gave me the bright eyes. Mm-hmm. I had only been saved. When I got that offer, I'd only been saved for two years. In fact, that offer came around the two-year mark, almost exactly. It was January, 2012. I was saved on January 24th, 2010, Mm. right? So then the other piece was the story that I told that gave me the bright eyes or or was was how I coached an upward basketball team. And upward is, of course, faith-based for my little kids who are teenagers now. Um, And the the, the hiring manager had done the same thing, chief operating officer. And so, so you can see how the Lord he, he is a light for your path and a lamp for your feet. And you just got to let him do it. And if you do, you're going to find out that those doors that you think won't open, just come, they, they swing wide open, double of what you need in income, you know, an opportunity. And I find it fascinating every time how there's no way you would have planned this trajectory for your experience, for your connections, for the way that you learned in these stories. But God knew sort of the collision course between different life, different humans, whether it was those who watered the seed until your salvation, those who taught you along the commission trail, this man sharing stories. Um, when it comes to this bright eyed and this balance of metrics, because it really is, it's not God blessing you because he loves you and, and you do nothing, period. There's a balance between he loves us, he entrusts us with this life, he has a call on our life to go and love others and give glory to him and make disciples But in that, you can see those threads of his fingerprints every step of the way, because it's like, bam, he did the same thing I did. He saw that light shining. I was saved prior to that moment. And then I saw this in the newspaper. That's right. You know, and and something that popped into my head there, and I'm sure it's the Lord because it's his word, uh, was the story of um, Moses. was it Jacob? I uh, forget to who the third guy was holding Moses' arms up at Rephidim. Uh, you've got Moses holding his hands up. Is it Aaron? He gets tired. They bring him, they sit him down on the stone. They hold his hands up. And, um, but, but then you got Joshua and he's down there, right? Fighting. So you got the four of them as a team together. And that's the kind of the thing that I, I think is important too, is when you take counsel from the, 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 the faith-based individuals in your life that you respect, um, that you know are on a path or a trajectory that you're interested in. Like my wife, for example, she was a successful career woman and had graduated top of her class in college. So it seemed like a good idea to listen to her, right? You know, and she's, <laughs> I mean, and especially after becoming a Christian, listening to the other Christians in my life, the preachers, the speakers, you know, another good thing that I think is important is when I became a Christian, uh, I, I dug in deep in the word. And at the time, my, my, older kids my one's graduating high school now but she was she was like four or five and my son was maybe three or four I I realized how not a good dad I was and uh my kids kept me in the word so find that thing 
that you can really grab onto that's going to keep you trying to learn what God wants you to know. Because at that time it was, Lord, I don't know how to be a good father, but you are the father. So I'm just going to let you have these kids. You raise them. And in spite of all of my character defects, they are amazing uh, teenagers. I mean, they're, they're athletes, competitive gymnasts, starting football, straight A's, both of them. And then we got the little guys. They're, they're coming along in elementary school, but they are in such a state of almost continuous joy. It, it is un, unlike anything I've ever seen because I, I didn't grow up that like that. My wife didn't. But they've essentially had four parents that love them. And it's because of God's word in this house. And it's just, you know, and, and we pray together and a lot of the things that you hear that good families would do, but gosh, my wife and I will even to, like two weeks ago, we had a, a yelling match, right? You know, we're screaming at each other. So I don't mind saying that because I want people to know you, <laughs> it might feel like it's getting worse yeah. when you take that jump. And that's the, that's the thing that even that new job, that you know, $80,000 job. Wow. It's so awesome. Well, I was, I had to commute an hour and 15 minutes one way to get to the place that I was training after the, I had to lead. I was actually a part of a church that had wanted my wife and I to be, to lead their young couples ministry. We had to actually turn that down because I was leaving on Sunday night to go to the training and train all day at their corporate office, three hours away for six weeks. Then it was commuting. And then so for the next five years, I'm commuting to these buildings all over the state of Virginia, sometimes almost two hours one way. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's not without its challenges. But of course, how do you make use of that time? So during that time, I didn't listen to the news. I didn't listen to commercials. I didn't listen to um, what's the other one that's bad commercial. Oh, the radio. None of that. So I'm listening to leadership and face CDs. Yeah. And that give that. That right there, I think, was probably one of the best decisions I ever made because that was where John Maxwell got to pour into me daily. That's where uh, faith leaders and evangelists all across the nation got to pour into me. And of course, we got podcasts now. So, if, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you are already making a great decision about what to do with your time and your headspace because it, you know, time is the only thing you can't create more of. And your headspace is limited as well. I love it was sort of resonating as you were talking and now it really hammers home is there's a power to being a listener. Uh, my, my husband always teases me. He goes, Nope, my grandma says we got two ears and one mouth for a reason. And I love that saying because it's, it's simplified that everyone understands clearly that you should be shutting your mouth real quick, but there's, there's a deeper sort of what you've walked through. And it's similar to my experience where I didn't grow up in a household sort of entrepreneurial. I didn't grow up in a household that was faith-based. Yeah. Um, there was loyalty, but there wasn't this nurturing and this joy just flowing from connection and healthy activities at all times. And when I Right as I was leaving the military, I remember some of my officers giving me this book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective yeah. People with Stephen Covey. And it was like, it was like this strange, and I was not saved, this strange world I had just stepped into. And I was like, hmm, this is interesting. And I had woken up while I was in the Navy and I woke up one morning and I was like, I'm going to be a professional speaker. I had never heard of such a thing right. and I was not saved. So this was a very bizarre experience for me. And I sort of just tucked it somewhere. But when I got out, I ran into um, one of the student life guys on the campus said, hey, we're going to have a leadership guy who's a speaker coming to the thing. Would you like to go to the dinner the day before? And so this guy, he's like, so, uh, Conan tells me you want to be a speaker. And I'm like, yeah, I woke up. I want to be a professional speaker. And, and this is, this is my, I am 21 years stupid at this <laughs> point, <laughs> like not a clue to anything in the world. And this man is looking at me. He's a former minor league professional baseball player. The other one is Olympic golfer. The other one I mean, these were three amazing people traveling as a leadership team and I'm looking at them and they're looking at me like I had something special. I didn't know they were believers at the time. 
And they said, all right, well, you open, you give us five minutes. You're going to be our opening speech. And at that point, I looked at them and then we ended up doing another student event to follow up. And this guy became my mentor. Well, his mentor was Les Brown. I'm like, that's great. But I didn't know that God was threading believers who were speakers into my lineage of pouring out. Like Kevin Bracey changed my life. I mean, I owe him and his wife and even watching his kids grow up the last nearly 20 years. But I learned to listen. I listened to his audios. I could repeat almost every one of his speeches because I listened to his audios And he spoke in the power of listening to others. And I think when you talked about like dropping out of college and that, that sort of fight, we don't listen when we're in that stage. Like (laughs) we go from, I can handle this to, oh, listening is powerful. Would you agree? (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, you know, listening. So, you know, us speakers, (laughs) by definition, want to talk. And I, I find it ironic, if not providential, that the, the, the speaker here, Jerry, in this case, is a is a leadership coach. Now, I give workshops and I speeches and, you know, um, uh, and, and so all that's fun. But the majority of, of my job is to ask questions and shut up. You know? And so I find it uh, just I, almost humorous that I'm in this role as someone who wants to speak. But here's the, but just like you said, if I had not spent so many years listening to others, listening to that chief operating officer, he still runs that company. His name is Keith Helmer. I don't mind saying that. He's a wonderful individual, an amazing speaker in his own right, uh, outstanding at running healthcare companies as well. He's done an amazing job with that company as well and uh, has, has ra- risen up great leaders. Um, but if I hadn't listened to him, if I hadn't listened to John Maxwell, if I hadn't listened to the podcast, I listen to podcasts every time I'm working out. Mm-hmm. Unless it's, you know, we're a little bit more upbeat, I'll listen to something, uh, some music, but, but you spend all day listening. And then the things that come out when it's time have depth, they have wisdom, they have, they resonate with people, you know, and the other thing that I've found is interesting is that, is that you mentioned Covey, because I actually, while I was in the Marines, I attended a Covey seminar, you know, the seven highly habit Covey seminar, I think the Marine Corps paid for it, um, was really surprising because I was a Lance Corporal and they let me go. I couldn't believe it. I, I, I think I found out about it because I was taking college courses. Mm. What resonated with me the most, and I'll never forget, was that he, this is way before I got saved too, he discussed the win-win possibility or option, right? So we always think there's win-lose. We always think we have to compromise, but there's a win-win if you're looking for it, you know? And I think that God gives us the win-win on a daily basis if we work with him you know he's going to take those experiences at, that all those things that you think are making you a bad person or have made you you know have that huge failure resume you know I, here, here's a good example i've been to jails all across the country in Rico county virginia blacksburg uh, 29 Palms, Yucca Valley. I've been to all these jails for, you know, drunken public, uh, you know, fighting, uh, all that kind of crap, right? So I have a failure resume that's extensive. And I think we all do. But if we listen through those challenges, rather than just fighting all the time, like you were talking about, Crystal, then we actually can make fruit that helps somebody else. Just like if you're listening to this and you've been in jail, hey, it's not over. It's not over unless you give up. So you saying that reminded me of a compost pile, (laughs) which is a crazy vision to pop (laughs) up. But realistically, that's kind of how it works is we have all of this mess and and junk that just turns into poop. I mean, let's be serious. Like (laughs) it really just turns into poop, but this waste product produces the most vibrant fruits in such a way you can't calculate it in your brain. Like it has to be God and the creator in your life to take this mess, this pile, this haphazard sort of dumping ground into a fruit producing, life breathing, nourishing results. I couldn't agree more. 
and it speaks to it's like we're all you know we're a bag of bones right but we were a bag of bones before god breathed life into us but he's still breathing life you just gotta dig hey get that one text message a day yeah you know the other metaphor i like to use is is heart surgery right so i have a friend who uh He's Jewish heritage, but he's not practicing Jewish. Um, but he has, you know, like, quite frankly, like a lot of unsaved people in America, they have these thoughts and ideas about religion, about faith, Christians, that kind of thing. Unless you know, you don't know. Um, but he made one statement. He said, God's not surgical. Mm. And I said, I don't believe that. And I said, he performed heart surgery on me. And, and the metaphor I use is, you have to be willing. So there's, that's a partnership. If you, let's say the doctor diagnoses you with a disorder that requires heart surgery. And in this case, we know that that's being unsaved. Well, if you don't change clothes fast, you know, before the surgery, uh, lay your butt on the, you know, your naked butt on the operating table with nothing to bear, you know, nothing to hide. Vulnerable in all senses. Absolutely then God can't go to work on you because he's not going to violate your sovereignty. But if you can submit to that heart surgery, and here's the other thing, like when you do submit and you give your life to the Lord, you give your heart to the Lord, it's, it might take a while yeah, for all that crap to get dug out because he's got to dig it out. I mean, you've been storing up all that nonsense for years, that, that compost pile. But once he's, once he's in there, all the seeds that his word plants bear fruit. You know, I think I might've mentioned that earlier. The, 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 the Lord's word never returns void. And that's probably the biggest benefit that I've gotten out of being vulnerable. Like, you know, the, the, the leadership coach, the, the business owner, you know, happily married, um, who screams and yells at his wife still, you know, all these things that are real human things still exist you know there's still toxicity why and it'll never go away yeah we're in a broken world exactly but god gives us grace thank goodness but at the same time he also gives us life and that life that energy those bright eyes can shine through all that darkness and you can use those failures all that failure resume that's your unique way that god has given you the ability to reach others it might be going through the same thing that's why i don't mind putting all my junk out there now because if you're going through that just read that text message somebody in your life has already asked if you would be willing to receive a text message or they've invited you to church i know it if you're listening and you to you don't want to if you're a listener and you're like but you don't know my life or it sounds yeah. so good where you're at i don't know how to get there the reality is you don't want to be where jerry and i are and, and Jerry and I are not in the same place. You want to be exactly where God has threaded your story. You want to understand that those broken pieces in your story, the things that were unexpected turns or seemingly difficult seasons, those are the moments that are equipping you for what your calling is. You still have breath in your lungs because he has a purpose designed on this earth for his glory with you involved. And the opportunity there is to recognize that it doesn't happen without him. And the way he does it is never going to look like we would plan it out because we don't have the level of eternal insight, unending beyond time and space insight that he does. It's the blessing that he grows us through that pain, that we own our mess as well as his, his grace. And we pull it all together and stand right where we belong. It's not about comparison. It's about ownership of the unique beauty he's put in each one of you, just as we're learning to own the unique beauty in our own broken journey. I couldn't agree more, you know, and Another thing about this journey, a friend of mine, she attends my church. She's actually a very high level uh, individual at, um, I'll just leave the, the company unnamed, but she's chief of staff there. Um, and she attends our church. And she said this one day at lunch, she said, our time on this earth is training for the job that God has for us in eternity. And first of all, two things, 
one, this is a huge company. It's national. It's in banking. Uh, and I love the fact that we've got faith-driven leaders at high levels in these companies. And if you're working for a large company and you think they're just crazy at the top, they might not be. They might be just trying to solve problems in a way that you don't necessarily get. Because, you know, I've often thought that about my leaders too. So extend the grace uh, to them because they might be just trying to figure out, you know, how to manage whatever it is that you're going through. Um, but that was an exciting meeting I had because she also said this. She said, so when we die to this life, we're actually born into our life in eternity. And so it's, it's like we're in the womb right now. And so when the Lord's word says that uh, he counted every hair before the foundation of the world and that he knitted us together in our, in the womb, he might not just be talking about your mom's wound womb. He might be talking about this womb because, you know, God thinks in, in, in multidimensional ways. And so his, yes. that's the reason why you can read in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You can read that text message uh, more than once and get different things out of it. Um, and, and so God's word allows you to walk with him through that and see more dimensions or more, um, more levels than just the two dimensional page that you're reading on. You know, I, I'm thinking of Abraham when he was, um, you know, entering, he'd already been walking with God for a while, but he had entered that covenant and God uh, showed him, I think all the stars in the sky. I'm wondering if God took him outside of time and space for a minute. I mean, you know, God can do what God wants to do. So I, I'll really be excited about that. But We have so many awesome questions to ask God when we get to go home. Yes. But while we're on mission here, he gives us very unique opportunities to own our strengths, to take what he's taught us and put it into a way where we're not only gaining benefit ourselves in the opportunity to serve his kingdom, but we get to serve others and give him the glory. And we sort of alluded to this in the beginning for 2022 is we don't, we don't get to see all the stars, but we get to see, all right, Lord, what's our next step? What are you illuminating? And for you, it is this really exciting and powerful endeavor to pour into others. Let's talk about 2022 unfolding so some of our listeners can can get excited and be ready to follow. Yeah, I'm really excited to to share that we're going to be launching a podcast called Intrepid Impact Podcast. Uh, and it's part of a larger, uh, I would say, business model, quite frankly, that God's put on my heart. And uh, when I first started thinking about this, uh, I, I made the joke that God monopolized my devotional time with this idea <laughs> as if it wasn't his time in the first place. But anyway, uh, you know, cause I want to read his word and, you know, I, well, I like, and just imagine what was happening when, you know, David was fighting or whatever, you know, maybe it's a Marine thing. Uh, so intrepid impact team is the name of the organization. Um, but what we're basically going to be doing is raising up other leadership coaches uh, in a very um, scalable process. And the podcast will feature other leaders in the community. It will feature other coaches that may be joining or that have already worked with the, uh, the software system that we're using or the curriculum is developed by a company by, uh, called Giant Worldwide. Uh, the founders are Steve Cochran and Jeremy Kubicek. Jeremy actually used to own and operate the John Maxwell assets. So I think it's awesome that that's come full circle in my life. Um, but it's it, they've got a new program coming out in 2022, which was the kind of the seed for this idea where um, you as a coach are incentivized to help other coaches build their businesses. And I've done this kind of thing before in insurance. So the reason that's one of the main reasons why I'm so excited about it is because when it comes to recruiting for this type of business model, I have done that before. In fact, before I got saved, when I was insurance, I was an agent for about six months until I became a district manager and then regional after the first year. I rose up quickly and learned how to do the recruiting process. And to this day, I often wondered, why did I do that? Well, yep. we <laughs> and so now you get to do it. Day for yeah. something that aligns with his, his mission for you right. and your passion for leaders and good leaders. That's right. And, and here's the, 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 the mission is, you know, why we, why we chose intrepid is because by definition, intrepid means fearlessness in a rhetorical and often humorous sense. 
And if you're a believer, then you know that your faith, especially if you operate unapologetically, can seem weird or humorous to the unsaved world. And that's exactly what we're doing here. We're unapologetically bringing light to the influencers. We want to be influencers of the influencers. And we are, and the entire giant system, uh, there, there's not one mention of scripture in it, but both the founders were pastors and they're, they certainly aren't shy about sharing that. And we all know that John Maxwell used to be a pastor as well before he was uh, in leadership. And so they've taken these principles and created pictures and videos uh, rather than textbooks to become trained. And so in addition to creating coaches, the coaches like myself are also creating leaders you know, and I'll tell you, my biggest market right now is actually lower middle market companies, anywhere between 10 and 50 million. Uh, and, and what I've found is that so many people are promoted to their level of incompetence. Mm -hmm. And so they are really good at doing a thing, whether it's uh, sales and they make them a sales manager or creating a widget and they make them a widget manager, whatever but they don't have any leadership training and they, and maybe the company's not big enough for some hotshot MBA that probably hasn't ever worked a day in his life. Anyway, I can say that because I have an MBA, uh, <laughs> but that's the thing is, and that's not true. MBAs do a lot of homework, put it that way. But, but that's the thing is that you, until you get to 60, hundred million, you're, you're not going to have room in your budget for $120,000 salaried individual that can operate a company. And that company might not be attractive to someone like that. That's okay because these pictures and videos that we use are easy enough for a 13-year-old to understand and teach to their friends if they wanted to. Now, I didn't believe this at first. Uh, I'm, I'm not a skeptic by nature, but I've, you know, been rather gullible my whole life. So I'm, you know, learned skeptic techniques. Uh, so I taught my kids the five voices, which is one of the main foundational things that I teach. Um, uh, it's about just understanding your leadership voice. But part of my training was to teach others. And so I taught my kids first and some friends, et cetera. Uh, and, you know, my daughter is very present tense oriented minded. Hers, uh, she's a, a guardian nurturer is the name. Anyway, aside from the definitions of that, that just means she thinks in the here and now, just by how, how she's wired. Doesn't mean she can't learn planning and execution, you know, forward thinking, all that. But I was giving her some crap about scholarships and applications and all this. This was past summer. I was given in this, you know, long after this is months after the training, probably half a year after the training, you know, and I'm, I'm giving her some crap about it. She's like, well, daddy, you know, I'm very present tense oriented. So foresight is not something that I have a lot of. So it's hard for me to sit down and create a plan for the future. And the I'm fact like, that she can articulate that. Boom, let alone remember. I, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was like, okay. Touche. Okay. So here's what we need to do. So I helped her strategize and make a list and everything. Uh, and she, we, we actually went over that yesterday. She's doing real well. She's got a couple offers and, um, she, you know, she's done real well in, in school. So she gets, yes. They, you they balanced your yes. skill sets. You took, you took the two that you have and she has, and you sort of blended yeah. them to work yeah. as a team. Oh yeah. She's a lot better. She is, well, she's a competitive gymnast. So she's been in the gym three and a half hours a day, six days a week for years. How she manages that and gets straight A's and honors and dual enrollment classes and all that. She does one step at a time. She oh, focuses right. right now on the next goal. And then she's right there because if she wasn't present, she wouldn't be able to excel in her skills. Yeah. Her brain would be all over the place. You know, like mine is I'm very future oriented. Like my, my voice order is connective connector creative pioneer though between nurture guardian and those three those are all the five so we got kind of the gamut covered but you can see how all of mine are future oriented so i'm connecting ideas connecting people jumping on podcasts you know all this stuff but she literally in the most efficient way can get any any level of tasks done she just is struggles with creating that vision right for what is your wife to. closer to hers what is hers Hers is guardian pioneer. So she's, she straddles both mm. pioneers are very future oriented strategy. Guardians are very task oriented future, uh, protecting history, uh, those types of things. So she's got a very unique voice order. Um, they're, they're all unique. And, and the cool thing about the five voices is your first voice is just the one that's most natural, but you're a product of all five. Yeah. And we get our voice order from nature, how we were born, how God's wired us 
nurture how we were raised, the things that we've learned. And then here's the thing, choices, personal yes. choices. So I chose to join the Marines. I chose to become a hospital administrator. I chose to value metrics because connectors by nature love people and values, but we don't always appreciate those guardian tendencies of measuring everything. And, but that job that I told you guys about taught me everything I needed to know and then the value of that. So I like to say that I speak fluent guardian because my kids are my two of my, my wife and one of my children is a guardian. And, um, and I've had those roles that given me that experience. So all of your nature, nurture, and choice uh, builds into that voice order. But understanding of all that helps you appreciate those people that are around the table with you. And that's really what we bring to those companies. Intrepid Impact is about doing that very thing is yes. it might not be that you need to replace so-and-so. It might be that you don't understand how they're communicating with you they probably don't understand how you're communicating with them. And so we teach using pictures and videos, we teach how to communicate, build relationships, then you can work on alignment. Because if you've got great relationships, even with a team member that doesn't work out, you can help them be successful somewhere else. Yes. And that's often been used as kind of a joke. I'm, I'm, I encourage them to be successful somewhere else is a nice way of saying I fired them. But <laughs> it could be true if you are the healthiest person in the room. If you're a hundred X or hundred percent healthy and multiplying yourself. And that's kind of the epitome of what we do. We multiply leaders. We teach leaders how to multiply themselves uh, very basically by understanding not only how they're wired, but how their choices and uh, how their training has transformed their communication style over the years. And that's really what I wanted to, to clarify. And, and I think you did a beautiful job is it's not simply about coaches producing coaches producing coaches. It is about creating unity and productivity and just this sort of interconnected purpose here in this life. No matter if you are in a waste management plant, whether you're in a space program or whether you're kind of the, the stereotypical coach teaching a webinar, there is a place for understanding these voices and stepping into your leadership potential in a way that we don't always own. I realized over the past couple of years, I've always been the independent contractor, the B to the top person. I've always been that sort of supporter. And the past couple of years, I was put in a leadership role where I had to oversee new programs coming in, new contractors performing roles. And the way that I learned to communicate differently to folks who did those roles really well, I found a beauty in surrounding myself to these detail-oriented, metrics-driven, tracking, present-minded yeah. folks. And it was the most beautiful sort of marriage with these women that were that were on my team and these other folks that I was pouring into and understanding, okay, I am that forward thinker, the visionary, the creator, but I need to translate my language to be able to have that person not only hear, but execute what it is I need them to do. And so the value that you bring with these very simple techniques, this language that folks can understand, this way that it can transform from industry to industry, um, Jerry, I just appreciate what you do because Intrepid Impact will not be producing a bunch more webinar giving coaches, although it could, it really is getting our thinking hats on creating a locked arm society of connection and efficiency. And I love that. Well, thank you for saying that. And it really is my pleasure. And I'll tell you, since I've really started this journey of coaching and leading leaders, it's helped me. Of course, I learn a lot. I mean, you learn a lot. I mean, again, we're back to listening, right? It's the key, whether you're listening to the Lord or listening to your client, if you're doing that, you're just inherently learning. Um, and then, my, but you know, that's the other thing. Be mindful of what you're listening to because your brain God wired it like a computer. So if you put the bad in, you're going to get bad out. Uh, yes. You know, and the, and the word says too, that we're not defiled by what we eat. We're defiled by what we say. 
So if you put bad stuff in, you're inherently going to say bad things. And that again, so what are you listening to and how much are you listening are, are, are critical. Are you listening in because you found yourself ready to grow, heal, and own the value of your own journey? Go deeper with this month's digital download, bringing you points of reflection, great quotes, homework challenges, and additional mental mile markers you can use to enhance the value of stories shared by our featured guests and personalize this growth-minded resiliency content in areas that mean the most to you. Check out the podcast notes for the link to purchase at this great introductory rate. Now back to our show. And um, that's really what we want to do is control the, uh, the, 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 the voice that's speaking into the influencers. You yeah. know, at Intrepid Impact, uh, everything we do is digital. In fact, you know what, Crystal, I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you a link to a free five voices assessment. If you want to put it in the show notes, that'd be great. Yeah, that would be um, great. I'll put that in there. Yeah, it's a, uh, it, you create a little account with Giant. And so that you'll, you'll enter an email, create a password, log in, take the assessment, then log back in and see the results. And so if you're worried about your email address, it comes to me, I'm the only one that'll have it. I'm not going to spam you with a bunch of stuff. Um, but that's the thing is that I, what I've found is that we actually, like I'm married to my, what's called nemesis voice. So a connector's nemesis voice is a guardian. So, and that's why I encourage the listeners to, to take this little, it'll take you, take you 12, 15 minutes, uh, but it's free. So, you know, some people pay 200 bucks for this stuff, but, uh, <laughs> and then see if you can get your spouse to take it. That's, it's going to be fun. And, uh, and that's the biggest thing is I poke at my wife now about, you know, I, if, if I'm doing a guardian thing, I'm like, I'm over here guardian and out here. You need to do this. This is, you know, I'm a connector. Let me go play. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and she'll laugh and that sort of thing. So it's so fun to poke at each other, but. Again, influencing the influencers, my, the big, the most, the, the most pronounced feedback I've gotten. You can see how excited I'm getting. I know it's wonderful. <laughs> the most excited, the most exciting feedback I've gotten is from folks. That's why I say, you know, try it with your spouse. Is when they say, Jerry definitely helped at work, but my my spouse and I are. It's like the light bulb went off. It's yes. like, you know, why why have we not been able to communicate? You know, and if you've read the five love languages or you have DISC or Enneagram or any of those backgrounds, this this does not replace that at all. It just enhances it because it's a lot easier to understand. Um, it's a lot easier to remember. Like nobody's going to forget that they're a connector creative or a pioneer or whatever they are. Um, and that's the biggest thing is that when we influence people, we're doing this in a completely digital format. But we, I like the idea of going to people as well. So I, for example, what I do is I do all my workshops in person, unless they're in San Diego or something. Um, but then I do my one-to-one -one coaching via Zoom. Uh, and then when I coach other coaches, I meet them in person. Like we have an office here in Richmond, uh, but I'm already planting one. And it's funny too, because we haven't even started 2022. 2022 hasn't even gotten rolling yet, but already... I have a friend in Raleigh who's very excited about a couple of parts of the program uh, and wants to start an office there. He and I used to work together in insurance. We've been long you know, friends for 15 years, um, but he's excited. And we've always wished we could work together again, you know? So uh, again, it's, a, I feel like it's like we're planting churches, <laughs> you know? Influen influencer hubs where you are just pouring life, breathing life, giving them giving those areas opportunity to go further. Yeah. And if you're leading a church, I'm working with some churches right now too. And that's another thing. Um, when you're in the, the thing I'm doing for my church is a connect, I'm just leading a connect group. I'm doing some workshops, but I'm leading a connect group of individuals that want to learn this just so they can in, have more influence in their job. I mean, some of them don't have a leadership position, but they understand leadership principles so they influence. Yes. So these tools are, are very, very universal. It's um, not about the title. It's about the, the mission-minded steps that you take out of love and service to others. Absolutely. And that's so, Jerry, the goal. I would love it if the churches adopted this system, all of them, you know, all 800,000 of them, however many it is. Because if you, if the church could become the source yes. for a process by which the secular community was influenced, 
through its congregants working at their jobs every day, then now we're back to the church and the Lord being the source for that prosperity that we bring to the to the secular community. And, you know, if you've got that person in your office and you just wonder how they're happy all the time, it might be that they love their church. It might be that they love the Lord. You know, it might be that they have, you know, the leadership tools I'm talking about right now. I think that's so important. Jerry, I just, I appreciate your time. I could, I could literally sit in this information for hours and gush about the benefits. Um, but the one thing I've really heard, and, and maybe you can add to this or, or kind of close us out with some final words of encouragement, but listeners, the thing that I'm hearing is start at home, start with those two years to listen start right right with your own body listen to what's going on around you listen for the opportunity to grow listen for the lessons and the strength that you've picked up and then start at home start with your family start with your spouse your children your neighbors start at home implementing this understanding for service to others loving others, loving God, and then loving others, and then go out and just explode in your areas of strength. You have been called with a unique journey that only you have been equipped for. And there are people that will complement every ounce of missing pieces seemingly beside you if you realize that each person beside you has the same value you do. You are on mission on this earth, but you are not alone by human and of course with God and his love. So Jerry, any, any final words of encouragement and wisdom that, that hammers this point home for our listeners? I would agree and tell them to rewind what you just said, because your family is your first ministry. Uh, when I was a stay-at-home dad, uh, that was almost two years before I became a hospital administrator. That that right there is really where my faith walk solidified as 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 the the you know the cornerstone for my for this this house that God's building with me. Um, and it was the it was you know learning those guardian you know processes right. So what does that look like? That means like Thursday we vacuum and we dust. Uh, Friday, we do laundry. Um, you know, Tuesday, we're doing the, the yard, we're cutting the grass, you know, I say we because it was me and the little, the little, not the little, well, the little guys are my elementary school kids now. But back then, it was my teenagers. I had one that was in school, and my son was home with me. Uh, so, you know, God allowed me to lead there. But those techniques and things that I did in the house, I, my goal was when my wife got home, I didn't want her to have to worry about anything. You know, and I have friends uh, who, who do that same thing with their wives now. And I actually still struggle with that because I'm so busy with all this other stuff we're doing. And, and I but I always got to remember that. And that is, you know, put your spouse first. Uh, a long time ago, a friend of mine told me this. Uh, I said his name was Steve. I said, Steve, tell me about this marriage thing. You know, I worked for him. I was a college dropout at the time because I was dating my wife. And he said, well, he said, my best thing about my marriage is probably the companionship and my kids. He said, but here's the thing, you're always going to feel like you're giving 150%. And you're going to, it's going to seem like they're not, but they feel the same way. So if you're giving 150%, you're doing your part, then it'll work. Keep, keep pushing, keep doing that. And remember that your family's your first ministry. If you can get the home life relatively healthy, because of course you still might have screaming matches. I mean, it just might happen. We're all might, human, you know, right? <laughs> Whatever your version of that is. Those, those may still happen, but if you can take the time to really focus on the family, then you'll have that support system that allows you to really blossom in the, in the professional environment. I think that's so important. Jerry, thank you so much for spending this time with us. Um, listeners, don't forget to put it on the top of your calendar. Look for the Intrepid Impact podcast look for this programming. I will be putting the five voices assessment in the notes. And so please go check that out. Just start stepping into this. It doesn't cost you anything. And as Jerry said, it's only going to him. Um, and so this is your opportunity to go deeper and ask those questions. Jerry, how can our listeners find you? 
the fastest way is just go to my website. It's Ephesians4u.com. So Ephesians, like in the Bible. Uh, you, if you don't know how to spell it, just flip in the Bible and you'll see it. Uh, and then the number four, the letter U, and .com. So Ephesians4u.com. There's a little thing you can fill out. Uh, I think it has my email address on there too. That's fine. Um, and, and that's probably the fastest way. But I look forward to speaking with anybody and everybody and uh, that might have questions. Um, Crystal, it's been an amazing um got just a blessing to be here today so thanks so much for allowing me to ramble on and um hopefully those that listened got something out of it maybe a text message or two <laughs> exactly they'll at least go get themselves a text message from the bible and i think that the value has been tremendously helpful thank you again so much for your time so many great resources so many great nuggets i am i am honored to have you thank you again thank and you. listeners we will see you next episode Thank you for joining this Crystal Conversation, where stories of growth, resiliency, faith, and falling are authentically shared to encourage and equip you in your journey. If you've been inspired, please feel free to share the love and tell a friend about these Crystal Conversations. If you want more inspiring, growth-focused, and resiliency-related content, Find the Crystal Conversations LLC page on Instagram and our Facebook page, or go to crystalmcfadden.com and subscribe for our newsletter and other content-related goodies.